today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Romans. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com And if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now. Let me invite you to go ahead and take your Bible and turn with us, because I know it's going to be a blessing to you. the third chapter of the book of Romans tonight, but uh, before you go there, go to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read some scripture there, but in uh, Romans 3 and verse 9, Paul asked a question, what then are we better than they? And he is addressing Jews who had accepted Christ as their Savior But due to always having been raised Jewish, their customs and whatever the case, they wanted to mix law in with grace. And like I said, they had accepted Christ, but they wanted to continue on in certain aspects of the law. And Paul had to deal with this, and he dealt with it in the fifth chapter of the book of Galatians. Actually, the whole book of Galatians is dedicated to, Uh, to this subject. He said in Galatians chapter 5, if you will, look at verse 1. He said, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. In other words, Christ has made us free from the law. He has fulfilled it all. And he said, Be not entangled again with the yoke of of bondage. The law said, do this, don't do that, and so forth. And it was bondage when you get right down to it. And he's telling them that if you believe that Christ has fulfilled the law, then why in the world are you getting entangled again and trying to keep it if Christ has fulfilled it all? Now, Paul, when he talks about the, the law here, he's not talking about the moral part of the law. He's not talking about killing, stealing, adultery, lying, those sort of things. Understand this, if it was wrong to steal 3,000 years ago, it's wrong to steal today. But the parts of the law that Paul is talking about here is those parts of the law that were foreshadows of Christ, the circumcision, the feast days, the Sabbath days, um, the offering up of little animals as sacrifices and that sort of thing. That's what uh, the Apostle Paul is referring to here. He said in verse 2, Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you Nothing. Now, there was nothing wrong with circumcision, but when you put your faith in that, understand. There's nothing wrong with water baptism. Matter of fact, 
Jesus commanded that such be done. But when the emphasis is on those things, or anything else for that matter, if the emphasis is on anything else other than Christ and His finished work, then Paul said that um, Christ has become of none effect unto you. And we'll see that here in just a minute. He said, Christ shall profit you nothing. He said, for I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. In other words, you can't just do certain parts of the law. You've got to do the whole thing. You can't just do part. It ain't like the cafeteria or the buffet table. Just go in and get what you want. It's all or none. And... uh He said there in verse 4, Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever you are. Now you need to see that. Whosoever you are, who are justified by the law, he said you are fallen by grace. No one has ever been justified by keeping the law because no one's ever been able to keep it other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, it's only by grace through faith in his finished work Um, that one can be justified. And he said, if you're going to go by the way of law, then Christ has become of no effect unto you. For we through the Spirit, verse 5, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. In other words, the Holy Spirit will help us live right. But it's only as we keep our faith in Christ and His finished work. And we're to add nothing else to that. Verse 6, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. These Jews thought that by doing, uh, keeping certain parts of the law, that that was going to make them closer to God. And it gave them a sense of being better uh, than anybody else. And that's why Paul asked the question he did in Romans chapter 3 and verse 9. If you'll flip over there and take a look at that now. He said, what then are we better than they? What is it about people that makes them think that they're better than anybody else? (laughs) Nobody's jumping up and down to answer that question. What then are we better than they? Paul said, No, in no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. Now, the Gentiles rejected God through the knowledge of creation. We can read that. We've already studied that in the first chapter of Romans. The Jews had the privilege of having the Word of God, having been given the law of God through Moses. They knew the Word of God inside and out, but yet when Christ came on the scene, they rejected Him. They rejected God. Just like the Gentiles rejected God through the knowledge of creation, the Jews rejected God through the Lord Jesus Christ, and they actually had Him crucified uh, upon a cross. And when you get right down to it, all are under sin as Paul put it here. And in Romans 3, verse 10, as it is written, he takes us straight to the Word of God, there is none righteous, no, not one. God is holy. God is righteous. 
His standard of righteousness is what is required. There is a level that is expected of us to attain to, and it never changes. Now, man has a standard of righteousness, and it constantly changes. Matter of fact, his standard of righteousness changes from state to state. There are some states now that have legalized marijuana. It's still illegal here in North Carolina, but it's just a matter of time. Once one state starts doing something, it's just a matter of time before they all jump in and follow suit. So like I said, that's man's standard of righteousness. It changes from state to state, but God's righteousness never changes. It's all right here in his word. There's a standard that we're to come up to, and there is none righteous, no, not one. Verse 11, there is none that understandeth. Uh, Dana, if you will, go to 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 14. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are spiritually discerned. See that? The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. In order for us to even have a modicum of understanding as it pertains to God, you've got to know God. You've got to seek after God. But the next part of that verse in uh, Romans 3, verse 11 says, There's none that seeketh after God. Now, we read about people in the Bible that uh, sought after God, but that was after God had dealt with them after uh, a fashion. But when man left to his own, he'll not seek after God. He'll reach after um, other gods, the God of other religions, but they will not seek out after the God of the Bible. And why is that? Well, God is holy. He requires righteousness and holiness. And man doesn't want that. Man desires unrighteousness. He wants to continue on in his sin. So that's why the next verse says there, verse 12, they are all gone out of the way. Have you noticed it? How people go all out of the way to avoid anything that has to do with God. People see me coming, they avoid me like the plague. If you're a salty Christian, there are people out here in the world that will be avoiding you as well. Okay? So don't think there's anything wrong with you when you come up and people try to avoid you. There's something right with you. Okay? All right. They're all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. Let me tell you this. The most profitable thing that a person can do is support the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the most profitable thing that you can do. Sadly, a lot of the gifts, talents, abilities, money that people have is just wasted on the temporary things of this world. It's just wasted.
There's none that doeth good, the latter part of verse 12, Romans chapter 3. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. Now that doesn't mean that man is not capable of doing anything good. Uh, there's still uh, some traces left of what man used to be prior to the fall. But uh, the evil that's in the heart of man grossly outweighs any good that is done. Mankind is lost. The heart of man is, is evil. It's wicked. It's ungodly. And there's no way that any good work can save mankind. There's just nothing you can do. And when God looks down on the heart of man, he sees an open sepulcher. If you'll look there in verse 13, he said their throat is an open sepulcher. Now, friend, that's a strong statement because it gives the idea of an open grave with the smell of rotting remains being exposed and that smell comes up, that's what God sees when he looks on the heart of man. And man cannot produce anything that is alive. Even in our power to procreate and bring forth children, our children are born spiritually dead. So we can't produce anything that is alive, anything that is productive. Every problem we try to fix, we only make another problem even worse. <laughs> so when God looks at man, he sees an open sepulcher. With their tongues, they have used deceit. The airwaves today are full of deceit, especially in politics. <laughs> I got amused the other day. I saw something uh, Hillary Clinton told Donald Trump, I want to see your tax returns. And he said, I'll email them to you. <laughs> Some of you will get that here, here shortly. But anyway, there's all kind of mudslinging going on now, and it's only going to get worse as we go along. And... Uh, I was looking at something somewhere or another, and it had Obama up there on the TV. And I said, oh, well, there he goes now. He's lying about something else. Well, James, how do you know he's lying? You can't even hear what he's saying. I said, well, his mouth is moving, ain't it? <laughs> Let me leave that alone. All right. He said, the poison of asp is under their lips. The words of men are like a deadly poison, and it can't be trusted. That's why we've got so many lawyers in the world today. Man simply cannot be trusted. Everything a man says, it has to be documented several times over, and even then it has to be done in the uh, eyes of two or three witnesses uh, before people will even trust what some people say. Uh, verse 14, their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Uh, Dana, if you will, go to Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. 
Y'all can still stay right there in Romans 3 and 14. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. The previous phrase to that was the poison of asp is under their lips. Take a look at what Jesus said to the religious leaders of Israel, Matthew 12, 34. Old generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak it. Look at the similarities there of what Paul said about the poison of asp under the lips. The mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. And then what Jesus said called the religious leaders a generation of vipers speaking evil and and so forth. One of the things that I noticed after rededicating my life to the Lord I could cuss 15 minutes straight and never repeat the same word twice. But when I rededicated my heart back to the Lord, um, the Lord cleaned every bit of that up. The Lord is still working in that area. Well, now, Brother James, what did you say? Well, I have thoughts once in a while. (laughs) I'll leave that alone. Okay, moving right along. Romans 3, verse 15, their feet are swift to shed blood. The very next story that we read in the book of Genesis after the fall of Adam and Eve is the story of Cain and Abel and how Cain murdered his brother. That is on the first page of human history, murder. Their feet or swift to shed blood. It all started there, and it continued right on up to Noah's flood. It got so bad, um, the hearts of men became so wicked, and violence had so filled the earth, God had to send the flood and wipe the whole thing out, or else the whole human race would have killed itself, would have destroyed itself. So God had to send the flood and destroy that first generation of of people that was upon the earth at that time. And uh, as we draw nearer to the end times, we're going to see more and more and more of this as people strap bombs to their back and walk into places and just kill hundreds of thousands of people. Is only going to increase in these last days. And as bad as physical murder is, spiritual murder is even worse. Now, what do I mean by spiritual murder? People deliberately say things negative about God, and they do everything in the world they can to pull people away from God. I was amazed Haven went to governor school and one of her teachers I mean he's supposed to be teaching poetry but day after day he's got something negative to say about God what it, what has that got to do with poetry and he would ask the question here's mean old God killing all them people in the Old Testament and he's supposed to be a God of love you know making those kids you know question God And, of course, Haven stood her ground and explained some things. And, of course, we talked with her through some of that and whatever the case. But the schools is full of it. 
today. You want to know why the kids as mean as the devil is because they're going to those godless public schools. That's why. But there are people saying all kinds of false things about God today, and they're deliberately doing it to turn people away from the God of the Bible. And uh, he said there in Romans 3, verse 16, destruction and misery are in their ways. Whenever a person chooses to go in a way other than God's way, destruction and misery is going to be in their path. Yes, destruction and misery, as we think of in the physical realm, but their eternal destination will be the flames of hell. And that is the the most miserable and the most destructive to lose your soul because you chose a way other than God's way. He said there in verse 17, the way of peace have they not known. One cannot know peace without knowing God. There is a peace in knowing God that passes all understanding. There is no peace outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the Prince of Peace. Matter of fact, the very night that the Lord Jesus Christ was born... The angels appeared to a bunch of shepherds out in the field that night, and their message was, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And for 33 and a half years um, that the Lord Jesus Christ was here in this world, the Roman Empire knew no war. You think of that. There was no war anywhere within the confines of the Roman Empire during the 33 and a half year period of time that Christ was here. But immediately after Christ was crucified and was resurrected and ascended up unto the Father, there was a war that broke out immediately after that, and war has continued from that day right on up until now. And so it will be on into the future. We've got the Battle of Armageddon that's coming up um, in the not-too-distant future. And the Lord Jesus Christ will come back at the Battle of Armageddon. He'll put that down, and then he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years, and there's going to be peace on earth once again. The Bible says they'll beat their swords into plowshares, and they'll study war no more. That day is coming. And, you know, one of the presidential candidates the other day said that if they were elected to president, they were going to bring peace to the Middle East. (laughs) Every president that's ever been, as far back as I can remember, and I know some of you have seen a many a one take office, they've tried uh, to bring peace to the Middle East. It just ain't no way you can do it. The only way you're going to bring peace to the Middle East is if you take the gospel of Jesus Christ over there to them. That's that's it. And then it has to be accepted by faith. But sadly, that's not going to happen the way things are going. All right, verse 18 of Romans chapter 3. There is no fear of God before their eyes. 
unless a person has been raised in a Christian home and has had some type of Christian influence in some way, people just don't know God. If you know God, you fear Him. And I'm not talking about you're afraid of Him. There's a reverence for God. There's a reverence uh, for the things of God. And like I said a while ago, the public schools sure aren't going to teach anything positive uh, about God. And if anything, they're going to teach against God. And most of the kids growing up today, uh, they don't even believe that there is a God. And that's why... There's no reverence for God or the things of God. You know, years ago, people had respect for churches, preachers, anything that had to do with God. But today, they'll break in churches and steal whatever they want. And that, I mean, I remember back years ago over at Watson's Grove, we went in there one Sunday morning, and they had robbed the air conditioner out of the, the – that was back when we had the old building over there – Went in there one Sunday morning, there was a hole in the wall. Somebody had ripped the air conditioner right out, right out of the wall. And uh, just no respect, no, no reverence uh, for the things of God, none whatsoever. But we put a, a, a message up on the sign immediately following that. There ain't no air conditioning in hell. So whoever got it. I hope got the message, but like I said, there's no reverence for the things of God anymore. I think it was a short time ago, one of the churches around here, somebody had gone in and and took an air conditioner apart trying to get the copper out of it or something other, and, and so, I mean, there's stuff like that going on all the time now. Uh, folks don't even think twice about it. There's no fear of God simply because people don't know God, and they don't even believe that there is a God. But Jesus said in Luke 21, verse 28, that these days in which we're now living in would come. And he said in Luke 21, verse 28, if you will pull that up, he said, When these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. And we're definitely seeing an increase in the evil and the wickedness of man in this world. And like Jesus said, when you see these things, look up, your redemption draweth nigh. If the program today has been a blessing to you, we hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.